So yeah, like basically southwestern Connecticut. Like I don't exactly know where it starts. Like if you'd say like, um, like Waterbury, like sort of like south. I know you don't know it. Like south of eighty four. These are you're making up and, names now, Sean. I don't Waterbury. Yeah, I know where that is. Waterbury is the name of a, of a city. We'll Waterbury, a... Danbury. Yeah. Glastonbury. We should have a uh uh all the berries. A it's fruity. It's a very fruity state. Connecticut's very fruity. We should have an ongoing uh series where Sean teaches us about the northeast part of the Oh, I see eighty four. I'm on go- I got pulled up Google we Maps. We got Google Maps up. Sean is telling us where he lives. It's not quite like south of eighty four because like the Hartford area is still sort of like very New England esque and like you'd probably be like a a Boston sports fan or something. But so what happens sort of like, in, just like what happens in Rhode Island? Like what is Rhode Island? <laughs> Rhode Island is like a nice part of Massachusetts. So I it's just say. it's an extent that sounds so people who are listening to this from Rhode Island are they going to feel insulted because you're saying it's basically just Massachusetts or is that actually what it is? Well, so no, they would probably be happy that I would say it's like better than the Cape. It's like an extended I don't know if I'd say an extended South Shore. I don't know. It's like just it's a very nice state. I like it. It's okay. just a small New England state. It's more calm than, um, like your Boston area. Okay. We're gonna need to take um, a west, an East Coast trip. I yeah, for the, for I think we've already covered this, but Luke and I haven't been further north than I think Baltimore. No, think we've been on the east. On the I was east. in Baltimore today. I don't. No, I don't, we have the, the 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 story we have is when we were in uh, like eighth or ninth grade, we took this like baseball trip tour out to Baltimore, and or. We took two trips, one to watch to D.C. and one to Baltimore. And on the way back, I think it was the D.C. trip. This is the D.C. trip. On the way back, we stopped at Gettysburg. And I was so tired from, like, our mom making us go to all these museums, which I really appreciate now that I saw all this. But I was so tired. I just I stayed in the car. I was like, no, I'm not getting out. But, yeah, no, I was so, going to say, the, I was, the, the furthest we've ever been is because Baltimore is – we're learning this is geography, Luke. Baltimore is north of Washington. And that's the furthest I believe that we've been on the East Coast. So I've never been to Philly. I haven't been to New York. I haven't been to Boston, Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, anything else, you know. So I don't know. That's our, you know, we're we're straight Minnesota. That's what I know. Actually, the probably the furthest northeast is we've been to is is Rochester. We've been to Rochester. Oh yeah, well, we've been that, to Rochester. Yeah, 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 a couple times. But that doesn't really count. Right. Though. That's anyway, more Canada. I, right? That's, that's today's geography goes. lesson. <laughs> <laughs> That's East, Ca- That's East, East Canada. Canada. For, for anyway, so Sean, how was your, uh, your... Sean was just telling us right as we started that he hasn't been watching hockey at all, which has really left a hole okay. in his soul. I, <laughs> I said basically, because I tried to, to watch some of it. So yeah, I went to the U.S. Grand Prix this weekend. So I did watch... I flew out on Thursday morning at 5.30 in the morning, I want to say. Um, so... But I didn't get much sleep. I was kind of like anxious. I'm a very anxious person. It was actually my first time flying alone, at least, and first time flying in five years. So I'm yeah. a very anxious person. So I didn't get any sleep. So I tried to go to sleep before like the third period of that Bruins Flyers game on Thursday night on or Wednesday night on TNT. Sleeping was a failure. I do think I slept through the third period of that St. Louis game. Thursday, I didn't watch any hockey, I don't think. I I had like a track of it. I was looking at the scores. Friday I didn't watch anything. I got exhausted at the track. I did I underestimated the Texas Sun. Saturday I watched the Rangers come back in between sessions though. 
so during a normal season, and we'll get back to I want to talk about your or ask you about your trip, but like how are you watching every game? Like are you watching multiple games every night, Sean, normally during a season? It all sort of depends. Eventually like it wears off, right? And you just sort of get into the grind and you just sort of pick a game that you want to watch and you watch it. Right now I'm only watching one game. Uh the Leafs and the Canes even though there's multiple games on because we're doing the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, we were talking like I basically have like a four screen setup here. The way I sit, I have like a 46 inch TV to my left. I have my laptop computer. I have my like 28 inch TV that I use for a monitor to the right. And then straight ahead of me is another like 46 inch TV. So you go, <laughs> basically you... I just gathered, I gathered all the old TVs in our living room in some sense <laughs> of the word. So you're a classic, like, when you see people on Twitter show their setups, you have, like, three games on when you're watching hockey. So I will, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, see, see, for me, that is, I, we've talked about this a little bit, but I, the it's first time, honestly, the first time I've really done this uh, was on Saturday, we were watching the Wild, and then uh, I also wanted to watch the Devils um, Sabres game, which I think was on Saturday, wasn't it? So that was I had on my TV. We were watching the Wild, and then I on my computer I put the Sabers Devils game on, and it was uh it was I couldn't do it. It was just I I couldn't pay attention. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I don't know how people we're not pros. The no. fact you're watching a Sabers Devils game. Oh yeah, hell shows yeah. You have <laughs> that's what we said earlier. That's the game. That was maybe the game of the week. I thought the Devils Sabers three <laughs> no Sabers against our Devils. You know, like uh, but no and. Anyway, moral of the story is I can't do it. I when hockey is on, I I can't focus on anything other than the one game that's on, and so I it, it's it's hard for me. But yeah, the Sabers we didn't end up watching because I was like watching the. And then we had well, we've of, been kind of blacked out, or like there's been some yeah. NHL Network games we don't get, so we can't watch it. The NHL Network thing is kind of a bit of a because my friend had that sort of issue, but like the Leafs, and they were like, "Well, the game the other, on Monday night, I think it was Monday night, they played the Rangers and." lost i'm pretty sure yeah and over time well that was the, uh, or no was that pittsburgh that they lost like 7-1 then that, that that was the one i wanted to watch 7-1 was saturday i saturday, did not saturday. watch it i was watching the scores as it was occurring but, yeah uh i didn't well, watch it because i think that one was also uh like nhl network game that didn't it didn't have an espn i would uh, assume plus stream i think that and that that's the thing too right is those are the the ones that they're gonna throw on nhl network are usually the more popular teams um so, I mean, it kind of, I don't know. There's a lot of issues, I think, that still sort of persist with this. Not that you could watch NHL Network games live on NHL TV, I don't think. Um, yeah, you I'm could sure. sometimes if it was just like a regional thing. Um, and you couldn't do NBC games. You'd have to watch on NBC live. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some problems that persist. I know some people had like problems with like random blackouts, too, which I would yeah. assume is just kind of uh, like sort of like, glitchy part of espn um yeah well the i thing haven't that, had that well because we have uh I, i'll give full disclosure here for for luke and i is that we've never really even though it, i guess maybe it doesn't make us look like true fans if we haven't been subscribing to the all the streaming sites so we can watch them all the time but uh i pre- previously to this when we had day jobs and we had a lot of time that we were doing on both our job and the site um, I just didn't really find myself having time to watch hockey a lot. Of, I mean, I'd watch every wild game and I would try to like once or twice a week tune into a game or two that I thought was interesting. But we just didn't have time because like we had to work on stuff like during when games were on. Um, but now this is a whole new world for me where I, we have ESPN Plus. But it's been funny because we've like we've gone on 
and I'll look on ESPN Plus, and then it's like, okay, well, are they on TNT tonight, or is it on NHL Network tonight, or is it on like a random ESPN? Other, ESPN there'll be a random yeah. one. So well, yeah. So here's a problem that's also persisting for, um, I think it's especially for older people, is the ESPN Plus. Uh, what would you say? Like only, I guess only ESPN Plus only uh, broadcasts. So the Bruins had their first uh, broadcast like that on Friday night against the Sabers, where they won. I'm sorry, and um, and it's like I could just imagine like Tony who works for the Union in Dorchester trying to tune into the Bruins game and is not on Nesson. Yeah. You know, it's just not yeah. on cable. You had to buy ESPN Plus or you're out oh, for the game. Yeah. Is that like, that's actually what happened. Like I, they, they took it. It's not on the standard yeah. like so, local. And they had a wild game like that. The that, wild I think played it was the their first The first game of the season for them on, it was yeah. a Friday and it was like, because I was watching that on the, what was it, Tuesday, two weeks ago or almost two weeks ago. Um, like they were announcing that, like that was the game and it was like 9.30, you know, Ducks for us, Ducks wild. And it said ESPN Plus only. But I actually think we still got it on Bally, like on the local network. Anyway, this is, we're rambling t- way too much about this. It's been yeah. it's been fun. My point was okay. that I'm still getting used to uh, watching multiple games at once, which I still don't really understand how you watch two or three games at the same time. And really well, you look at one until you watch the same game on delay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that too. I enjoy that. Well, if you watch it live. Okay. Yeah. The press box seats, right? Where I yeah. watch a game live, and then having the screen to be able to sort of look at what happened during a face-off. Yeah. It's, it's part of a good part about like like being a fan, right? You look at the replays. You can kind of just look at the live play happen as mm-hmm. well instead of just the replay. Yeah. Um, it's just a different view. But I guess we'll start the podcast. Yeah. Here. Yeah. We'll, hey, Sean. We'll introduce the podcast. How's it going? So. <laughs> It's going well. I was going to say, this is the Evolving Hockey Podcast for those who are new and made it through our nine or ten minutes of rambling right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is Sean, and I'm joined by the two Evolving Wild twins, although one of them, again, same as last week, one's Josh on our screen here that we're, um, we're, we have a Google Hangout going on right now. One's Josh, and then one's Evolving Wild. So I guess I guess Luke is just the soul. I didn't name it's just the Evolving Wild account. It just came in with some name I had programmed already. Yeah, this is every every time this happens. But yeah, thank you, Sean. I am Josh, so that we have our voice recognition. And I am Luke. And welcome to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. We're glad that you joined us. Yeah. So now we're we're two weeks in, right? I mean, this is we're recording on a Monday night. We're a day late because Sean. Had to take a nice little trip to go watch some race somewhere. I don't know anything about F1 or any Formula or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm just kidding. But we're, we were trying. I said this last week was that we were going to try to stick to Sunday night and getting it up Monday early morning. Um, but we're a day late, uh, which hopefully you can forgive us. But, yeah, we're uh, two weeks in. Luke, did you say we have, we've, they've played 82 games through yesterday? Yeah, 82 games. I was just looking at yeah, attendance so, figures earlier today. And we've been kind of starting to look at a little of the um, – if people are familiar, was it two years ago that they had the whole tracking uh, distance issue uh, that um, Luke, me, Micah, and a few other people kind of caught early? Um, and so this is about the time when that was. I think we found that. So I think everyone, Luke, you were looking at it. It seems like we're all good on that. There's aren't yeah, any more issues. Everything's pretty. It started out pretty high, but I think um, like just some of like the shot rates and whatnot. But I, I mean, they've been pretty much in line. Um, I think I haven't I haven't checked in a couple days, so I don't know. There were like thirteen games on whatever, but anyway, Sean, what what do you? Well, 
one, the Canes just scored. Of course, Marner's on the ice, but <laughs> twenty four nightmare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I would say, like, I also um, occasionally watch games with play by play open. I know that's a little insane. Um, oh yeah, I do that. Rarity. And I do think though the higher shot rates at that time were were pretty accurate. Like there weren't weren't too many what we would call it like, ghost shots. So occasionally you'll get. Um, and this would especially occur off our rebounds. You'd call them ghost shots, like they kind of didn't exist, or like there was a couple of like jabs at the goaltender that the scorekeeper just sort of threw in. Right? It's a tougher oh, job yeah, than yeah. it seems. Yeah. We should also mention that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah oh no, really absolutely. Be cool. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's any articles out there. This is like a side note. It would really be cool if somebody did like an in-depth, um, like feature article over how the scorekeepers do their jobs. I hear that the wild scorekeepers are also like the best and they really are passionate about their job yeah so it'd be really cool if any writers out there uh maybe michael russo and for the wild any writers out there listening to this perhaps that could do um like an interview and like do a feature article on that that'd be a really cool process yeah i've always yeah oh sorry continue i I was gonna say like this data is also like we use it for this type of stuff but it's so important for the league like this is the history of the league we kind of look back on on these numbers like years later right oh yeah well so and the, it's such an important job yeah i mean well the other thing too in case anyone who is maybe new to hockey stats or any of this stuff i mean a good primer is that the nhl actually has in every arena they have i think it's a team of people i think it's maybe somewhere between it, three to five i think it's something like that yeah it's a, it's usually a larger team i would yeah. say like i don't know all their jobs like i've seen them sort of in action yeah so i think generally speaking there's like five people up there i don't know what they all do yeah and and so what happens is in each arena there are people i i believe they're employed by the league not by the team I, i'm not quite sure what the actual um arrangement is there but they correct, yeah. sit and so when you see like if you go on the espn app or maybe even on our site like all of the coordinates and like where the shot is on the rink all that stuff is actually manually tracked by a team of people in each of the arenas, which is where all is kind of the foundation for where we get everything that we're able to use. Um, how any XG model is made, how you see shot charts, like um, you know, any of that stuff is is because they have trackers in every uh, in in the building, and they have been. Uh, I mean, obviously, people have been you know the rumors, and now they're definitely using player tracking to an extent, but they are still using these people. The teams are still in place in the arenas. Um, and so that's kind of I think it's something that doesn't it doesn't really get covered. I think they're kind of almost like a um, people kind of assume that it's like maybe an automated process the league has or maybe they have like one person. And honestly, they're kind of this like shadow group of people that are in, you know, it's it's a decent size number of employees in the NHL that actually sit in the arena for every game and track it, which allows, um, you know, the, the various uh, sports agencies or sports, not agencies, the, the media sites and everything to use all of that stuff to, to get it. So um, it is really cool. And that's what we have. They started doing that in 2007, 2008. So if you ever see us tweet about stuff that says going back to 2007, 2008, um, that was when they started doing play-by-play tracking, which is generally what it's kind of referred to. Because before then they had a little bit of it, but not as much as they do then. And that's when their kind of process started. So yeah, that's kind of what I we're would, talking about. Yeah, and I, I would also... Just add that I've never seen an article or profile on these teams. I'm not sure if it's because the NHL doesn't allow that. I'm not exactly sure, but I have never seen any of those teams profiled, and I think it'd be a really interesting piece. If anybody out there has access to those that group or to kind of their process on what goes on, because it would be very interesting to kind of understand 
uh, what's but I, I, just to also clarify for anyone who's maybe who's who's new or hasn't followed us for a while, there was a issue at the start of the 2019-2020 season, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Where yes. um, the shot tracking, at least as much as I could glean from what was reported by um, journalists, and, and uh, was that uh, something with the user interface for the entering this data was got messed up, and it resulted in i think the crease being too big or something like that right well it was like, it was yeah i think is it, actually what it was is that they um it was the, the the shots were all being recorded too far away right no it was, no, it was too close. it was they were recording that my understanding was they were recording them correctly but when it was being transferred into the system the actual user interface was made too big the crease was made too big so that when they were recording them they were Recorded correctly, but when it was trans transferred into a data form or whatever, it got they got pushed out like several feet from away from the goal. Which in yes. because of XG, the way that expected goals works, it's like everything is based. I mean, the most impactful thing is how close a shot is. So if you have and especially shots that are very, very close to the net, like within a couple feet, like if that if a shot moves from like say three feet from the net to eight or ten feet from the net like that can have a huge impact on the XG value. And so what we saw at the start of the 1920 season was a, a decrease, pretty significant decrease in in XG values and totals for the league. Um, and that was all because of a small issue with how close the shots were being recorded to the net. And that is that impacted every XG model in the public just because of the nature of how expected goals works in the NHL. So that was actually after, like, we kind of, and we and, like, some other people verified it, like, the league got, like, they were right on top of it, and they went back, and I think they went back and completely retract the games and yeah. they updated all of the data i think it was the first 91 games of the season yeah um, yep. so after it was caught and that was awesome i mean the league responded like you know wonderfully to that situation and it's you know but yeah it was a really interesting uh <laughs> really interesting occurrence for so, like a kind of xg models in the nhl to identify yeah. uh, uh uh um kind of a, a data error yeah, or it was, tracking it was one error. of the, the crowning achievements of, of public uh public statistics or public analytics if you whatever you want to call it you know i think so far at least it had some kind of impact on the league itself but yeah so what we're saying is that generally now the this year and last year um we've been uh like eyeing the tracking just to make sure that there isn't anything weird because it, it especially um if you uh, like the earlier you catch it, much easier it is to fix, and you don't have these problems that could potentially lead to pretend, you know, problematic uh, analysis or evaluation, all that stuff. Yeah, so but lot, the, you know, XG XG rates right now per game are about in line with. They're a little bit above the average, but they've fallen basically back in line. Like it's like it's like right now. I just have a chart I check that's like rolling XG for XGF per like game or per day and it just rolls and it compares to prior seasons and we're about like right now 2.4 XG per game or something like that I don't know I just have I can't even remember what I did here it's just in line everything's good everything's, <laughs> everything's good, good. nothing yeah. to worry about at least so yeah and to clarify XG is expected goals yes 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 you said, you said XG a lot without without throwing I said expected term, goals so. there yeah. I said it you did goals. but then you went on like a long yeah, sorry. Just XG, just make a joke. Yeah, it's yeah. our little, our little uh, uh, <laughs> domain-specific jargon, if you will. Yes. Yeah, we yes. have a lot of abbreviations. But... Just trying to to think for some others out there. But yeah. So what we want to talk about 
first. Narratives. Uh, now you have to almost no. like catch me up. <laughs> Narratives. No. Narratives. Yeah, we got. Well, the, I just I've seen the... with like with just Vegas, Colorado, and Tampa kind of having slow starts. I think that's kind of what I've seen. Just generally is like I've seen Vegas's odds like or the Golden Knights odds like drop a lot in like the final point projections for like from like from like actual Vegas betting lines or whatever. Which is funny because ours have not. I don't know what. I don't know why ours, our playoff probabilities haven't. But I've seen like some models show the Oilers now favored above the Golden Knights to win the Pacific, which is not what our model says. But I don't know. Maybe, hashtag brand right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> hates evolving wild hates the Oilers. No, I, part yeah, and but. part of it is that we're still so early in the season that I think it, it could depend on how the different models are running, but. Um, I would say that within, you know, you add four games that for, for our stuff anyway, the way the simulation works, that's going to be a pretty small, like it, we were joking that it's funny. The Sabres were three and oh, and they, I think their playoff uh, chances increased by like 0.03% or something or 0.3% from like 0.0. It was like zero to 0.1 or zero point or like 0.3. It was like some very marginal small amount that they've changed so far. So I think our, I kind of just visualizing what, or, or at least like kind of thinking about what our models look like early season from our game projections and also team projections. I think we're maybe a little bit more conservative than some of the other models um, early in the season. And I think that's kind of by desi- design to account for like to incorporate more team influence into the models. Um, but yeah, uh, narratives, I think uh, it was interesting. I was looking at, um, cause we did, we can get to this later, but we did also release our uh, goals of our replacement, you know, several of our evaluation models, um, we decided to re- we were going to do it uh, like a little bit later, but we did it um, on Friday, I think. Sean, I'm not couldn't sure. Couldn't wait. Yeah, yeah I, know. Sean, I I'm saw sure. that. Yeah, you didn't yeah. even tell me anything either. I know. And then <laughs> I think it was. It might have been Thursday, actually. Well, we we mm. had we had a decent number of people asking us, and and it's kind of a. I don't know. Do do we want to get into this right now, or do you want to get into it? I just saw it. Well, no, we could talk about this. Like, I just saw it. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw like I'm like I'm scrolling through Twitter, and you're like Gar is out. You didn't even tell me. I'm I'm, like on vacation. You're like Gar is out. We didn't want to bug you. We didn't want to bug you, right? (laughs) Look, I just try. I ran all the code. I does. I, I you know. I took off the the t- the cloth I had covering the code. I dusted <laughs> off all the dust, the code dust, and I ran it. And I didn't have. I had a couple errors that happened from a dplyr update. So, from rename, so but. to give an overview, of what we're talking about is that we have um, three of our kind of uh, I don't know foundational models. Uh, other that are are the main ones that we use for player evaluation are goals above replacement, expected goals above replacement, and our wrap them or regularized adjusted plus minus models. Um, and the way those work, we uh, long like to keep it kind of short is that when you have in a model like this, um, you are using actual in season data, and so if you only have like a small amount of that, especially within teams, like when teams have only played say one or two games, or you have a lot of players in the model that have only maybe have one game or two games. Um, the model is set up to kind of work with a decent amount of data. And so when you're really early in the season, uh, you could potentially run into either things that just look really, really weird because the model doesn't really isn't meant to work on such a small amount of, um, of observations. Um, or it just might not work because there's not um, it, it just can't converge sometimes or I don't know. I'm it, there are a lot of different reasons why it might not work. So we generally when we have released these, we've waited I want to say the first year we did it, we did we waited until like game. Well, 20 that was or because we did a um, redesign of Earth. Yeah, 
But, no, um, but I think year, every season since we've had him out, we've started to push him a little earlier because you can get, and it's tricky, but you can get day by day Gar, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. Yeah, but it's you um, know we like I, I was just kind of testing it out, and I saw you know Mitch Marner was like third worst in the league in in, in our Gar model, so I was like you know I gotta I gotta give the Leafs fans. What they want, you know. I've seen a lot of chatter. <laughs> chatter all, that's the only that's thing. That's the only reason keep, it's I really going down tonight too. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're not watching, but I'm not. I'm not but. No, he. So basically, we we um we we kind of just like eyeball when we're gonna uh, you know release them and when things look right. I will say that in the early season, generally, especially with our guard model, that goalie or defensemen have usually looked kind of weird. Especially just early a lot of, in the season, like they kind of guard in stuff. general looks a little weird for defensemen more than X guard does. Um, but especially early in the season, now those things will generally even out. You'll have like right now, Petrangelo is like one of the worst defensemen in the league right now, along with Chikrin. Although I've heard he's had a really yeah, rough start. I think he yeah, had. but there's a difference between like so. Well, I don't know if we want to get like too technical here, but I feel like there's a difference between. Um, like sort of playing rough and then like the guard model just kind of going nuts right like the value i think par- some of it's the time too right yeah, when we're yeah. looking at this i feel like the the time matters just so much more in smaller periods as well yeah um especially because like some of the depth players are only they're still sort of fighting out for positions right so you'll see some of the healthy normally what would be healthy scratches kind of coming in early Generally, I think coaches like to set like a tone too early, so your replacement players like fewer than normal, or your fourth line yeah. players maybe. And then, yeah, I mean, some of it's injuries. Like Kale McCarr, I think is down there too. It's like, yeah, yeah it's all gonna reverse. It's yeah, it's not totally meaningless, I guess, and it's fun to play it around with, but it's to be taken with a half yeah. a grain of yeah. salt. Well, probably. it's 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 more of I think it's fun to track because. It's kind of one of those things that you can kind of like. I mean, honestly, the reason that I I like to do this is because Fangraphs, like for baseball, they have war like immediately. So it's fun, I think, as a baseball fan to kind of go watch along with the war leaderboards and track it for early seasons because then you can kind of see, you can kind of get some you know information on which players are having a really strong start and which players are kind of rebounding and which players you know you can kind of get some. In- information there that's i think personally is interesting and i think some people also now there's a problem with some people taking these too literally and kind of saying a player is trash or a player is amazing or maybe because, it's not a problem when marner and richie yeah are bottom i don't know three, and, right? and willie is at the <laughs> yeah he's at the top yeah of the leaves which honestly i looked at the chart and it kind of matches the eye test in some ways yeah um at least like the leafs because i've I think I've watched every Leafs game uh, except for the Penguins game. I could be mistaken. I still can't get past the fact that you talk about the Leafs like you're a fan and you have Boston memorabilia like all around you. I know. Did you notice my? I also (laughs) had a cup of coffee. I woke up at for all those. Well, I was in Central Time this morning because I was in Best Time. Best Best Time. I woke up at two thirty. It's not the best time zone. Two thirty there. Three thirty on normal time, and then head to the airport. I've had like a two hour nap, so I'm having a. 
It's a decaf coffee, but I just wanted something. And yes, it's a Bruins mug. Yeah, it just covers my Bruins. And Sean's <laughs> yeah. like, I've watched every Leafs game so far, and I can I'm, tell you I every plan good- on watching. Like, <laughs> let me say, I also plan on watching every Bruins game that I can, and I have, yeah. except for the Sabers and the Sharks. And I will watch every game this week. Yeah, but um, um but anyway, to finish up, what- I did watch it. Though I, I will say, it had some some merit. And shout out to Will, who has had <laughs> well. a phenomenal start to the season very complete game so far he has i looks improved i would say that he the the games i think i've watched three leaves games uh and i think the games i watched he was clearly i thought their best player i think during them um but what i was going to say to finish this up is the way that our goals above replacement model is designed is it and maybe i don't think this episode is the time to talk about it but we will be probably having a i don't know if we want to call it a series but i think where we go more in depth on exactly what the models are um kind of how they work exactly what they're doing and how you can use them but just a i guess a little uh preview to that is that uh, goals above replacement is designed to function the way that uh, any other counting stat in the league would would function? So points, you know, obviously, or designed designed to, be, to used. be used. So you can use it. That was kind of when we built it that way. Specifically, the GAR model. I think expected goals uh, above replacement because it's more at a model level. It's a little bit iffier in small samples, but GAR doesn't suffer as much about some of the small issues that you get on the fringes. Um, and so it, it is kind of meant to be used like it would it, it's kind of parallel to points if you want to think about it that way where it is tracking day to day and it works that way and that's because we use season to season play-by-play data like that kind of way when we when the outputs are being built um, it is meant to be used that way so it is fun I remember the one of the first times because we built it I think in 2018 I want to say is yeah when it was like released. the winter of 2017 and and I remember it's, it's always funny in the early season to watch some players that are like I think who started out like I think it was like um, I remember the first year. I, I don't. This is just a very random kind of depth player for the Wild. I don't even know. I maybe he is in the league. I'm sorry if he is, but Christian Folin started out the league like on a tear in the first six games or for something. Philly for Philly after I think. he got traded. To and the, we had a bunch of people. We were, Christian Folin. He's an old depth defenseman for the Wild. He was like younger. Um, and I remember yeah, him, you don't. He's like yeah yeah, yeah exactly. This, this, this is, is our, the point this of the is, story. Yeah, this is our chance where we get to, to make fun of Sean for not knowing a player because Christian Folin's well, a, a legend for the Wild. Space? for the wild too that like there's like a broken so sometimes like the nhl data can also break the model and there's another wild somehow it's always a wild player too like it's kind of suspicious um who was it was it like last year was it the year before what are you talking Um, about exactly in terms of breaking the model so i think it was i forget what it was all of a sudden he had like a hundred gar i don't remember what the issue was in That was a problem. I think that I messed something up, and that just doubled the amount of gar that everybody had. I completely no, 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 no. This is a different one. Oh, I did that though one time. I did that one time though. That was a mistake. That was everybody got doubled. (laughs) (laughs) You get a gar. You did did some agent pay you? Yeah, (laughs) he's he said I'm gonna I'm gonna. What you were saying also, we've been accused of, uh, in various ways, having uh, our Wild fandom, which is not, well, it's still there. We watch all the games, but like the Wild have always looked pretty good from our models, more so than most people think. And so we always get people saying like, you know, joke code in our comment, our replies about how we have a filter for if the if the team's the Wild multiplied by 130% or something. But right now the team, it looks pretty weird because I think Ryan Hartman is leading the league, the team, yeah. the Wild in Gar, which kind of makes sense. But well, also like Kaprizov's kind of been like... yeah. I honestly watching the Wild I I've been kind of he's been pretty disappointing. Yeah, I don't honestly. know. Sean, have you seen any Wild games yet? I have a good mental health. 
Uh, <laughs> Mayhew was the uh, player I was thinking of. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He played like 10 games or something, and Jeremy. all of a sudden it just broke. What was that? It was he his, was, I think, they well, changed, one of the things was well, he was recorded at like multiple positions or something yeah. like that. Like, no, he changed his that. position. No, the thing they actually did, and I don't know why this broke. I think it was something with a, a joining issue or something, but he is, uh, they changed his handedness in season. That's so they, what it was. They, they had him handedness. They had him listed as a left-handed sh- left shot. I still have like traces of it in the code, like randomly that I've commented out now because they fixed it. But for like the first like ten games of the season, he was recorded as left-handed, and then they switched him to right-handed, I think, or uh, the other way around. And like no one ever changes handedness. It's like I didn't even realize this, but like, it, I've, I guess it, I've never seen it. So like, when I'm doing the data wrangling, Wait, hold on a second. Did he actually switch? It was they had it no, wrong, no, right? No, no, no. They had it they wrong. Had it wrong. They, so yeah, they, they had, had him as a left hand shot. He's yeah. a right hand shot. Yeah, I think. And at least. yeah, they did. But then they fixed it. Like it, it got changed. But at the time, and this is a little technical, but if when I was doing the grouping and then summarizing, I'm talking our language here, dplyr, but. Basically, how it works is that if a player, it, it's written so that nobody changes handedness. So, <laughs> right, like that. I just assumed that no one would change their handedness, and he mistake. Did, so it doubled. It doubled him. He got duplicated because it, there were two versions of Jerry Mayhew. One was left-handed. One was right-handed. And then it got joined, and it doubled everything. But yeah, anyway, here's my thought, though. <laughs> If you could switch hands, like if you, we don't have switch shooters in the NHL, like we have switch yeah. hitters yeah. in baseball, like that would definitely be of value. I think oh, so. Yeah. Well, I know so we can't you... measure that because we don't have any data on it. I know. Well, but, okay. I, and I know I, you guys aren't into face-offs, but that's a big th- issue. With, but also, uh, that's a big deal with face-offs. Like on the rush, if, if if a forward's coming on their offside, you know, like and, 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 and they, if they could quickly change sticks somehow but the curve would have to change right they could well, i mean that. there would definitely be a value to being able to switch hands right like coaches are obsessed on face-offs with it too and yeah. like a lot of the rules the new rules came in specifically around handedness and face-offs so the power play rule i don't know if you remember when they added this it wasn't always like this when you start a power play you get to pick which dot you start out of yeah, so yeah. you um like the Leafs will have Tavares take the face off. So they're going to start in the left dot. That's his strong side. And then if you're a penalty killer, if you're a number one penalty killer on that unit, if you're Patrice Bergeron, it works out because you want to be a right hand on that. And you want to basically be taking it towards the boards. But if you're also a left hand, if you were able to switch to your right hand, that would be of value. I think it's yeah. a hilarious thing to think about, like, if a player actually could. I wonder if there's ever been a player who could. You know, like, you hear about pitchers who used to be able to throw right or left because that's the thing they would switch glove hands, like, in between throwing. There's been a couple pitchers over the years, like, who've, like, switched for the batters because they can. It'd be hilarious if, like, a play, if like a hockey player was good and also could play on both, both you know, both sides. Um, and they would just grab one of their teammates' sticks if they were like doing you, something like, in the middle. Do you, of the, do you think if like if someone was like actually was was ambidextrous and they and they good lord I can't say that word and what you got the idea you're all okay, right okay yeah I'm not even I'm a, we're gonna leave that as it is but like what if they decided to play with like a flat stick 
Like I, so, like they used to do. I don't think that a flat stick would. Whatever you think that somebody would. Do you think the benefit of having a flat stick <laughs> and playing both hands would be would be outweighed by not having a curve in your I, stick? I feel like you're spreading yourself too thin at the point of going <laughs> flat stick to play both left and right <laughs> shot. I think it would help if if and I don't think this is like that outlandish, right? Because no, no, most no. most left most players are left-handed. And left-handed in terms of shoot from the left leg, right? Yeah. Their yeah. right hand is up. Their left hand is down. Yeah. But they're right-handed in terms of writing and everything else. Yeah. Right. It can't. It's got to be easier to go from left to right, and like you just you have your power hand on the bottom. Like, yeah. Well, also definitely do it. And also, like it, it almost would be more like somebody could, like you were saying, Sean, is in a specific situation. If they needed to be deployed in a certain way, they could choose before they get off the bench, like which hand. Oh yeah, and then play. maybe they could, maybe could you know? they do a, a stick change on the fly? Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. If they're they're like, okay, I'm done in this situation. Cool. Let me get my other handed stick so I can go play oh, defense or something. Sweet. You go back to the bench. The equipment <laughs> yeah. manager hands you a left handed yeah. stick. Has that ever happened? Back I, on the ice. I feel like I don't know. I feel like this should have happened. I feel like yeah. If if in I feel like this should be less rare than a pitcher switching hands to to pitch left or right handed. And I feel like I've never heard of this happening. But anyway, we're uh, we're kind of we're uh, at time. We should just take a break here after this. Let's let our listeners uh, let's let this uh, kind of digest and think about this whole scenario and let us know if this has ever happened or if you think any player should do it or if you want to be that player. Yeah, Yeah. or maybe you know if you're maybe you want to be the first. (laughs) Maybe if you're listening and you're a child, which you shouldn't probably be listening to us if you're. uh, Hey, we don't swear. We keep it clean. We do keep it clean, but. If you're six years old or seven years old, maybe think about that as a future <laughs> for yourself. You got to you got to learn now too. You gotta yeah, I know you got to learn when you're when, young. When it's yeah, but anyway, let's yeah. take a break. All, All right. right. <laughs> the Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. So did you see the Blackhawks broke that record for the longest streak? Oh, yeah. To start a season how without could, leading, how could you not see that? It, how could you not just even if you weren't on Twitter, feel the energy of yeah. the uh, of Blackhawks uh, implosion, just completely imploding? I feel like that might be the biggest story so far in the league, at least right now. Yes, right? let's just take all the heat off the Leafs. There, <laughs> yeah. well, the Leafs like are well, they're a good team still. The Blackhawks are terrible. Yeah, and they're like, also. I mean, I think the thing with the Blackhawks is they. They had all, and you saw all of those people who were like supporting, or, or I don't know if supporting is the right word, but after they like made all those moves and they signed Seth Jones and they had like the whole organization was just like talking like they're contenders. I think that tweet I've seen get thrown around, I don't remember who tweeted it out about how Chicago is now with the likes of Colorado and Tampa or something as cup contenders heading into the season. And even at the time, that was ridiculous to say because like, who do you have? I mean, their best player is Debrinkat, right? I mean, and then everyone else on the team are old, you know, like Kane and Taves and the old, you know, guard that, you know, and they, oh no, Seabrook isn't even in anymore. No, he's on Tampa now. He's, he's on LTIR. Tampa. Yeah, LTIR. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, yeah, no, but was, like, 
Yeah, the the I, tweet you were mentioning was Mark Lazarus, and he said, end of period two, the Blackhawks trail 5-2 and are just under 10 minutes away from setting the NHL record for the longest start of the season without holding a lead and 20 minutes away from falling to 0-5-1. and one. Yeah. And they, they lost. And they, to the Red Wings, right? Was to the Red, Wings. the Red Wings. Yeah, and it yes. was like, wasn't it like 5-2 or something? Uh, yeah, it was 5-2 when, when, when Lazarus tweeted that out. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they lost that game. And, and it's, it's not like anything that's specifically like, it's not like one thing about no. it. Although, I mean, and this is, I don't really know. I just noticed this because our GAR stuff just came out, which includes goalies. And the worst goalie uh, by far in the league right now is Flurry. He has almost 12 goals below replacement right now. Yeah, it's pretty. Which is that's a potential, as we talked about earlier, early season wonkiness. But but I mean, and that's not all on. Well, it is a little bit on. I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. I I wasn't really sure because I haven't watched a lot of the Blackhawks. Despite... I don't know. I mean, some of the games, like the reactions. I haven't watched much Blackhawks this year, but some of the reactions um, to it compared to like XG, like it sounds like it was like. There's some ridiculous like pre-shot movement. Like the Blackhawks obviously have ridiculously bad defense, um, starting with Seth Jones. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know is he there because I, I that's the thing I was wondering about is is he actually their worst defense? Like I don't I think they no he's not their worst. I don't know yeah. if he's he's not their worst defenseman. He's minus nine though. I know I don't. He's on pace for minus one twenty three. I know we're not going to talk about plus minus in a way. No, of but, actually, but <laughs> even just the, the Blackhawks. Yeah, we're not. We this. Sean, but, you need to get that out of your vocabulary. But the podcast, we're no longer but they are, plus minus. Um, yeah, but like it's it's sort of like an amplified effect of like you're um, you're giving up such bad shots that you're also going to give up such bad shots with pretty significant pre-shot movement. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's going to be super sensitive. Yeah. In but no, I mean, like just looking at just like even the early five on five stats. I mean, the Blackhawks are last in Corsi four percentage scoring venue adjusted. They are last in XGF in, X, in expected goals percentage, and they're like last in Fenwick by a long shot, like two more per like percentage. Like they're like last in all of the team metrics. Like and it has like, you know, and I could go to like our, our team wrap ums, which is just our Yeah, I was just looking R- at that. RAPM they're they're not just done for teams. White is bad. Like I, I they they're the worst by far in their goals that they've allowed from a plus minus like the wrap em team wrap em. But their XG they're only the sixth worst team and Corsi what, differential. Oh, yeah. Is they're the second worst team from a Corsi differential standpoint. Oh man, the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets is what I was going to say have been showing up real poor in some of these as well. Um, I don't know if we want to just focus on the bad. But teams, they've been but scoring goals though. No, they, yeah, they like, are the Blue well, Jackets. They have a good record. Like it's going to crash, but yeah, they're not a good team. But I, I don't know. I mean, the only team that, I mean, they're not even close to the the Blue Jackets are uh, kind of where do they go? They're still not particularly great on at least from a wrap-em. But it's also really early season for this, so it's probably too early to really rely too much on the team wrap-em stuff. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to Chicago. Uh, and then now they have the, the COVID stuff. I mean, everything is going wrong for them right now. And I, I think I was just reading some of the stuff that was like, now they're, you know, are they, I, I, I had a tweet that I thought was interesting, um, that I think fire call it, is it Colleton? Col call it, call Colleton. Um, their coach, right? Uh, he, coach, they have a coach. They have a coach. <laughs> they just have <laughs> yeah, a he was, whiteboard for the players. Didn't you see he was bag skating them today? I saw was like the stuff going around. I love how that like always comes out about, you know, anyway, but there was like the tweet was like fire called in and, um, and I just think it's funny that that's where it goes to immediately. Like a coach would be able to somehow like write this 
group of players. I mean, I understand that there's the idea that like, um, you know, you get new a new voice in the room. Maybe there's kind of that stale uh, like mentality in the players and not really responding to the coach. You see it all the time. But like, I mean, do you think a new coach is going to fix this Blackhawks team? I mean, like, I don't know. No. Like, I just think that's kind of an, like it's always funny whenever I see that. It's just always get rid of the coach because obviously that's the thing that's going to change the team. Now, obviously, it could help. I, it has helped. But like what percentage of the time like is that actually the problem with the team? I don't know. That was my kind of thought. Because there's obviously like Mike Sullivan and you know Pittsburgh when he came in and you know the Leafs obviously and there's been some teams that have changed coaches and like it's been the actual there's has been a good result afterwards but um, I just think that there are far deeper issues with the Blackhawks than just the coaching uh, in my my opinion right now. Right, like I mean, and that's not to mention the off ice stuff, but yeah, uh, sticking to the on ice stuff. I mean, the thing is, I think we're definitely in the minority of our thoughts on the roster of the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Like, I I think most people around the league think that Seth Jones is an elite defenseman, that Patrick Kane is still, and I say still, because even if you look back at the numbers, Patrick Kane at one point was, without a doubt, one of the best players in the league, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Most dynamic. Um, But, like, he's definitely fallen off. Um and like all the players, they seem to have like defensive issues. They have defensive shortcomings. Like um, even DeBrinket's probably their best player, and he's quite weak defensively as well. Taze has had his um, his issues, and he's not like what he once was. So it's like I think people sort of, for whatever reason, around the league think that the Blackhawks are a much better have much better personnel than they do have yeah i would say yeah. that it goes to like some other markets too like the canucks but yeah, um yeah. well they have Pedersen, whoever who they all undervalue then it seems like <laughs> so that that's kind of true flips, that kind of flips that kind of evens it out but yeah i mean i think the other thing is like with you know uh with the blackhawks is that you know the first three selections to the usa olympic team were seth jones patrick kane and austin matthews and like which is in my humble opinion, ridiculous selections for the first, like the best American players. Other like, than Matthews. Is, right. other, no, no, no. Okay, there's there's one that is correct, which is Matthews, who is pro, who is undeniably say he's the best player in the league. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm saying here, he scores two hundred goal tonight. He's, here's he's our top, say, top three he, in the no, league. No, no, no. He's say. either he's top two. In my opinion, I think Matthews is actually closer to McDavid than most people think. Uh, everybody, you know, everyone talks, the narratives are, you know, not narratives, but the general perception is that McDavid is the best player in the world and it's not even close. And I would say that it is close. And a lot of our stuff, I mean, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into this and whatnot, but based on our models, Matthews is very, very close to McDavid. Um, and, and sometimes comes out looking a little better now, um, I don't really, but anyway, back to my Olympic team <laughs> ramble, ramble yeah. like rant here is that like there are players like I want the USA to win the gold medal, <laughs> right? I love Olympic hockey. I love watching Olympic hockey and seeing Seth Jones and Patrick Kane be the first selections is very frustrating because that's like not even close to the players that I would select. Like they're, they're missing McAvoy. They're missing, you know, Adam Fox. I was going to say, did you do one? Was it just McAvoy and Adam Fox or what as the other? I I would say Gensel. Gensel's another one who, like, I don't even know if he he should make the team. He should absolutely make the team. 
but uh it, it just kind of uh, it's just funny to see like just these you know I, I I don't know. It's like with the last time when they had Adlocator on the Canadian team, right? And like this, all this stuff. It's just like I don't know. Like, Isn't he American? Wasn't he American? Or is he American? American, American. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, and then it, it tracks. So yeah. it's like I don't know. It's just I I I don't know because they're gonna play <laughs> Seth Jones and it is a top pairing defenseman when you have like McAvoy and Adam Fox and all of these great defensemen. Is Chikrin? Did we already go over this? Is he Canadian? But he was he, born in America, or he has something? Isn't there like some? He's, he's had a really rough start too. He's had a. I think rough he's start. American. I thought there was. Isn't something he from that, Florida? Yeah, but I thought he was going to be like I remember. We did something over the summer where we had like our rosters for the American and Canadian teams, and I I think I put him as American, but I think he might be like. I don't know. I think he might be. Playing. I don't know. He might be able to represent Canada. I yeah. don't remember where he played for World Juniors. Now that you say it, I feel like he played for Canada for World Juniors. I yeah, think I'm that was the sure. thing is that he I has could just like, check real quick. Yeah, maybe he he has, but he would be another one. But that's the Canadian team. But yeah, it's just a little bit. I don't really know. I also like. I think it's kind of interesting because like the Blackhawks also have. Although it, I don't know if they're division i'm trying to think of the game who they've played against so far because i was going to say in this in the central they we had to bring it if you're going to take blackhawks players to bring <laughs> it usa come on yeah. what are you what are you doing um, i don't know anyway so like yeah I, I i assume also there is definitely some luck here going on with the blackhawks in terms of bad luck so like i would expect them to be to win a couple like they're not going to go oh and you know blah 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 i mean like i don't think they're the worst team in the league i think they're maybe I don't know, bottom five team in the league. But I, I think even now that like the Red Wings are worse than they are. And Arizona. I think, I think Arizona's worse than they are. And I think the Sabres, to be honest, are worse than they are. But they're beating. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're up 5-1. They beat Come Tampa 5-1. Well, so here's the thing, though, is like Tampa, there's clearly something going on. Like I think Tampa looks kind of – because I've watched a couple of their games, and I was not – now, I, I think part of it is, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but I actually think that, and I've heard this kind of going around, is I think losing Gord and, like, some of their bottom six, like, forward group, I think actually is having an impact on them um, in a way that maybe some people weren't assuming, and maybe some of our stuff is, I mean, we were, st- we're still really high in them, but, like, I, I well, think... Well, I mean, no, they're we have them after they are, uh, oh... They're tied with the the Leafs for fourth, who are yeah in the Atlantic right so now. So I don't know. Maybe after a couple of times, the Leafs because the Leafs are you know Sean's watching the game. I'm not watching them, but they're you know also well, they uh, just lost. It's they, done. They just lost. So what are they? What's their record, Sean? Say it. I want to hear you say it. No. <laughs> uh, um, I had to look this up. <laughs> Two, four, and one. Yeah. So I mean, it's not. As bad, but there's also some stuff that, and I think a little bit of it is also Matthews is hurt, like, and and there's probably some lingering stuff there, and they're, you know, obviously like Marner is off to a really bad start, but so anyway, I, I think that like the Lightning, like there are some issues now. I think the other two teams, Colorado and Vegas, I would say the big issues there have just been injuries and really weird, like they've had COVID issues, they've had. Um, you know, kind of just weird, uh, like, you know. Well, Colorado specifically yeah. had, they well, were, they Colorado were missing, in Vegas. Right? Yeah, but Colorado specifically was missing, they were missing McKinnon, Landeskog, uh, Nachushkin, Gerard, yeah, uh, Gerard, Taves, like they were, I mean, they were missing some very, very important players. And so it's funny because we've had some questions on our team projections because we still project them at like 115, 116 points, even though they've kind of started off slow. And it's like, well, I mean, from what I've read, a lot of those players are supposed to come back relatively soon or they were only out for a couple games. So, you know, given how strong of a team they have when they're healthy, 
it doesn't. It's still almost an entire, entirely sure bet for them to make the playoffs and recover yeah. totally fine. Now, well, and then there's the, also the with the the Lightning too is have been missing Kucherov again. Although, yeah, you know, this is now another you know their loophole. The classic light. You should just call this the the Lightning loophole or lightning whatever. Loophole. Where you have uh, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know Kucherov <laughs> out or one of your best players just because you can out a whole season. I don't actually know. He. It but sounds they, like they would rather be, have Kucherov play yes, than not especially play. now when they're yeah. struggling and they're losing to the Sabers and you know whatnot. But so. yeah, they should have kept Gord. Let's just you know. Well, yeah, I so. Getting back to that, I actually don't think they. I mean, I don't really think that they had a good choice, and I think they were going to lose well, a player. It was going to be Cal Foot, right? Well, yeah, that was the player they wanted to, to keep. It, well, anyway, it doesn't it, matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I think they were going. They didn't have the cap space to keep Gord, and then also still, who do they have to sign? Was it Point this offseason? I can't remember. Um, like they just they were going to lose a player because they, you know, they're too good, basically. I, that's yeah. kind of what it comes down to. Is they have but too anyway, many good what players. were we talking about? What we're what talking were we about the Blackhawks, but we've <laughs> yeah. transitioned. <laughs> yeah, we're catching Sean up on what the narrative. What were we talking about? It's been like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Sean's man. over here catching up on the, you know, he's just watching the, you know, wallowing in misery. Look at all yeah. the scores. The Caps and the Sens have gone nuts. It's 7-5. Yeah. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. Calgary beat New York 5-1. Sorry, Rangers fans. Yeah. You know, we went on the uh, our friends at the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast. We were on there podcast about a week ago and uh uh greg f- was was mad at us because mangiapani scored and we called him to be our favorite like breakout player yeah. this year we were asked who was our nachushkin this year and i i said mangiapani because he was i feel like that's too late i feel like you just never brought attention to him who mangiapani what do you mean also he has a terrific name but yeah yeah, yeah. the right. best name in the league but but yeah he's been he's been like top notch for like a couple years now yeah, but I don't yeah, know. But I, nobody I don't, talks about. Yeah, I don't think I've heard outside of Calgary. There right, because you haven't talked about him, huh? <laughs> like you just chose to talk about Nachushkin, and Nachushkin came became no. a thing. Nachushkin has been. Yeah, <laughs> chose us. Not that. That's not something we chose to do. That was he. Just he decided to be really good at hockey, and then we had I, to talk about. I, it. I will no, say just, for the record that I had a tweet, a great opera pun tweet from like 2018 when i first heard the name andrew mangiapani because it rhymes almost like so well with mozart's opera don giovanni and i tweeted this out like in 2018 and there you know didn't get anything but i have been for the record sean talking about mangiapani for to to an extent for like three years but this is the year that our projections kind of liked him but anyway um yeah there's a it's still very early. I think that's the other thing we should say that there we're still getting. That's also like our um, projection models and stuff like that. We're still kind of getting uh, the early riding through the early bumps. I think in some of the weird injuries and COVID stuff still going on. That's obviously like throwing a wrench in um, with the protocols and how they're going to, um, you know, how, how teams are handling that and how that's being reported. I think it's kind of hard to keep track of like players who are, you know, you'll get a day where a team has like three or four players who are out all of a sudden, which is really, and normally that isn't like the night before, that's after like morning skate or that's in the midday. Well, I'm not sure when the um, tests come back. Like, I, yeah. I feel like it's, you know, they might have testing in the morning or maybe at night. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, sometimes but... they like pull them to the side. Yeah. And it's yeah. got to be for a league that's trying to get into betting or really profit off of how big the gam- sports uh, gambling industry is. Uh, it's like just not a good 
time. And I think they've no. probably done this even like worse than like football is sort of done. I'm not but, sure about yeah. how the NBA. I mean, but, yeah, and, and what I was going to say, well, we don't have to get too much into this, but I was the one of the things I think I saw. It sounds like, and I could be wrong, is that a lot of the players, at least, the, the NHL is a little different than the NBA because they're making asymptomatic players, or there's something about how the NBA is just like um, not fully do. They're not going as far as the NHL is. I think is that right? Does that make sense? I don't know if that. I haven't heard that. It's. I thought it was something about how that like the, the league is going to have to start, or like somebody was questioning how this is like I, it's not my point is that it sounds like a lot of the players who have been held out are vaccinated and they're also asymptomatic but because the league is is testing so um regularly that a lot of these players maybe wouldn't have even known that they had it because they were asymptomatic and they had no sim you know they they wouldn't have normally thought that they were sick so like the league is having to they've because of the way they've implemented it that they're actually getting a lot of um vaccinated players who are being held out of the lineup even though they are asymptomatic and and I just I'm not saying that one way or the other like what's I don't really know it just seems like that's going to be an ongoing conversation and like Sean what you said is if you're you know trying to make especially like daily fantasy stuff but also if you're like betting on games and you have kind of a roster type model and then say by 5 p.m. like three players are held out because of COVID protocol that definitely throws kind of a wrench well, into yeah. and you know, like even like, for the like Seattle had a game where they had like four players who were going to be held out and then I think it was like. 8 p.m. or something and it i mean central time and it came out oh they're actually cleared to play and that was like an hour before the game yeah, started we were watching and I, I like i just <laughs> ran our projections and it was like all of a sudden five players who i thought were going to be out are coming into the game and that would significantly impact like you know especially like closing lines if they close i'm not sure how that but if they close before eastern games you know i i like that's a huge swing in win probability especially like also with like mckinnon I was reading up and it was like, oh, he's not traveling with the team. And then it's like, I read in that afternoon, or I think it was that evening, like, oh, McKinnon's actually at the building and he's going to play after he came back in. And that's like, a, you know, so it, it is kind of, it's been, it'll be interesting to see how the league kind of manages that going forward. I'm not sure about what Josh is saying. We should probably get a source on that just to. <laughs> oh, I, I just saw something floating around when I was doing some injury, like kind of lineup prep uh, a day or two ago about how this is going to be an ongoing conversation in the league and how they're going to deal with it. I guess it's, it sounds like it, it is. I mean, at least the good news is that it, it most of the players it's not, are vaccinated, and so a lot of these are not players who are potentially going to have. We don't really know this, but you know, unlike some other players who were maybe were sick and had like kind of long COVID symptoms, it sounds like a lot of these players are were vaccinated and likely maybe won't have the. For now, it doesn't we don't really know, but long term effects. It's more that it's almost like it sounds like maybe a formality, which is good. It's better safe than sorry. I would say. Uh, given kind of the environment and and especially you know we we were at the home opener for the wild game and it was kind of wild uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to make a pun there but uh, like being at you the, can't you can't <laughs> you can't avoid it I can't avoid it but we were there and it was just like after two years or whatever with like kind of with or you know or a year and a half with COVID and you, just kind of being inside and being really wary of going um, you know not really knowing what's going on and then being in this huge stadium you know this huge arena with 18,000 people when this is still going on, I think is also giving some people pause. And, you know, I don't know. It's a very, um, I think it'll be interesting to follow what happens and, and how the league or, you know, deals with it. And, um, you know, I'm sure that there'll be more now that boosters are coming out and all that stuff. Uh, there'll be more, you know, news around that and kind of ensuring player safety just in general. Um, you know, there have been more players who are now getting vaccinated. I've, you know, been seeing. So um, there's yeah. only one player left. Well, we don't have to talk about it. Oh, yeah, there's like one player left that's unvaccinated now. So. Wait, but no, are you talking about Blackwood? I think no, I no. He, he it's no not Blackwood's Blackwood. getting vaccinated. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's 
Is he's, it Bertuzzi? He's part of Pfizer gang. Yeah. Yeah, it's Bertuzzi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. All right. But anyway, we we enough with that. Florida won. They're 6 and 0. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was no, good. But, we had them as the biggest, I think the biggest uh, probability this. Um, we did. Yeah. They I mean they were playing Arizona, right? I think so. We had them at like almost 71, I think. Yeah, they were at 71%. Yeah, the, but no, with, with COVID, the, it's yeah. going to be, yeah, hopefully, I mean, the, you know, it, it kind of, the league can manage, it seems like they're managing it really well right now. I mean, at least from what I can tell, um, you know, they're very, being very strict, but it'll be interesting to see if they kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if that'll change. I know that, like, I was just looking just because Sean Shapiro had a um, had a piece in The Athletic about attendance figures, um, and I was looking at... Uh, um, just looking at some attendance, like average, uh, kind of drops. Cause there's, yeah, there have been a lot of, you know, um, like Pittsburgh and, and, and Chicago, they ended their sellout streaks and whatnot. And it has been a big, um, you know, decline in average attendance, but especially for Buffalo, um, <laughs> which was crazy. I mean, they're, they've been averaging under 8,000 fans per game. But I think a lot of people were suggesting that's because the Canadian border is basically closed, and a lot of people come down from Canada for Sabres that, games. But like, I was curious. I mean, I don't know, Luke. If you like, is that comparable to their like tank years? I mean, are they like- no? They were they were getting at least from what I could see based on what is reported on the NHL's like you know with their HTML, their like public HTM reports or whatever. Uh, I, I there was not really a drop in attendance. I okay. thought there was, so it was kind of interesting. I I could maybe go back and double check that, but yeah, it'll just it'll be interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, they're, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna have to figure out. I don't know. I'm not an economist, so I will not. <laughs> I will not be commenting on this further. That is, I just I just come here. To, I'm the messenger. But, also uh, not a lawyer. Luke's also no, not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. Not an economist. We'll just get that out of the way. Yeah, right now. I don't know why. Uh, what what lawyers have to do with any, anyway? <laughs> anyway, but yeah. All right. So, any any last thoughts you want to get off your mind? I think we've we've been on here for. I mean, some of it's been we rambled for the listeners. We like lost internet connection at one point, so we'll see how this all like comes yeah. together. Josh this is, can throw some yeah, magic. This is going to be a good test. If you've gotten this far, um, you got through a, a thing I, I guess I will have edited in the future. Not now. We're going to see. I haven't had to do an edit where we it's lost. one take Jake over here. I know. Where we lost internet connection, so we'll have to see. I might, you might have, well, we'll see. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not by any means like an audio engineer, even though I have a bit of a background in it. So it's been kind of a learning experience, uh, you know, putting this all together, I would say. <laughs> yeah. But no, but no, to answer your question, I think John, that's, that's we're good. Pretty, I think, pretty much uh, it. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I will say, keep an eye out. I've been saying this for about a week, but, um, and we didn't cover this now. Maybe next week we can get into it uh, as we have a little bit more um, number of games and whatnot. But uh, we should sometime this week. I'm hoping in the next couple of days, although we've been adding to what we want to do with it. Um, we, in September, released, or yeah, right at the beginning of September, released fantasy projections. Um, and I've been working the last week or two to get those updated for in-season, like rest of season, under-overperforming kind of numbers, that kind of stuff for anyone who's interested in that. Um, which isn't just specifically fantasy related either. It kind of will relate to the standard box score metrics. If you're just interested in looking at kind of those projections and how players are doing, like how Matthews hadn't scored a point in yeah. the first three games. And that's, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. So you can go in like that, that we should have that out, um, in the next couple of days, uh, maybe a little later this week, depending on how long it takes us to get out, uh, out there. But, um, yeah, we'll probably cover that next week and we should, uh, have an, we should be back to a regularly scheduled time, I would assume, unless something else comes up. 
Yeah, and also no article for me this week, even though I started that like last week. <laughs> yeah, the weekly. I, I thought I would have time. I thought I would have time and energy to write, and um, especially like Friday night was supposed to be like my night to write, and I was so exhausted from the sun. I was actually kind of, I kind of got like sick from the sun. Oh you know, no! Underestimated really? the Texas sun. So um, no, nothing this week, and I'm not going to put out anything that's kind of like crap. So okay, next yeah. week I'll I'll get onto that. I should be good yeah. from now on. So uh, yeah, we should have some. So that's all. That's my closing thoughts. Here is uh, we'll have we'll have some more features if you're uh, following along on uh, Twitter or on the site. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of days. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Luke and Josh, for joining me for a conversation. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Glad you had a good trip. Good yeah. to see you again, Sean. We'll uh, see you next week.